How many of you believe in prayer? All right, all right. Always exciting to a pastor when his, his people believe in prayer. That means we must be doing something right. That's a good thing. I need your prayer today. I need your help. We, we've got some ground to cover. We have an amazing, amazing gathering today. I'm just humbled that you're here. I know you could be anywhere, so thank you for coming. If it's your first time, we truly do want you to feel welcomed. You are important. You matter. You matter to God. And you matter to us. And we just want to extend a shout out of authenticity just to say we truly are glad that you guys are here. Um, you know, we kind of got a little bit of a big week next week. <laughs> um, we have been working relentlessly. That's the word that I'm going to use today, all right? We have been working like crazy for Easter Sunday. You know, just one year ago, April 1st, we had the first real gathering here in Gulf Breeze. And it, we did it on April 1st. People are like, why are you doing it on April 1st, man? That's Fool's Day. No one's going to show up. You know, they can think you're messing with them. But we did it to prepare for the next week, which was Easter Sunday. And we were not, at that point, we were not meeting weekly. Um, we didn't do that for a couple months. And uh, we were just a band of believers. We were a community uh, of believers that said, you know what? We believe that God has something huge for this community and that we're not the first. We're not the only one on the scenes. We're not the only church. There are other churches here, but, but we unapologetically believe that God called us here to the heart of this community to plan a church for his kingdom and for his glory, a place where we could, um, where we could unleash compassion. So it was almost a year ago that Momentum Church was born at Shoreline Park, and uh, it was great, man. I, I remember the night before thinking <laughs> it might just be me and my family, you know, and I was wondering. I, I don't know if you ever get nervous. I was a little nervous, and uh, I showed up just to see so many of our volunteers that were there all the way from the parking team to greeters to hosts to people serving people coffee. It was amazing. My heart was overwhelmed. What's well, still overwhelmed because here we are almost a year later and so many of those same people are still committed to serving today. And I applaud you because they say that in, in church planning world, um, it's, it's not very good. They, I've heard two statistics, three out of five don't make it. I, I've heard eight out of 10 uh, don't make it. And then I've also heard that, that a very high percentage, very high percentage, scary unbelievable high percentage of people that come when you start aren't there a year later. And can I just say to God's glory, we busted that statistic. And so if y'all didn't clap for that, I was just going to clap. <laughs> I was just going to get a little excited up here. I think that's incredible. So we have Easter Sunday next Sunday, and I want you to do me a favor. The cards that you got today we didn't just put them on your seats. We tried to bring special attention to them because every card printed is more than just ink and paper. Every card represents a life that needs resurrection. And the cool thing is, it's just us here today. We know a whole lot of people whose lives need resurrection. Some people are going through the worst problems in their marriage. Some people financially they just feel like they're, they're just, every day, is just deeper, deeper in the hole. They'll never get out. They've lost hope. Some people don't know Jesus. They know religion. They go every week. But the truth is, if they were to die, if they were to die today, 
One day they would hear Jesus say, I never knew you. And they would say, but I, but I, but I went to church. And with tears coming down his eyes, he'd say, but I, I never, never knew you. And they'd say, but, but I gave money at church. And Jesus would say, I'm sorry. I never knew you. And they'd say, but, but, but I was in a choir. I, 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 went to, I, I went to Sunday school. Or I went to Bible study. I, I went to a community group. I, 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 I helped. I was a good person. And I tried to live a life where my good outweighed my bad. And, and Jesus would one day say, I never knew you. And so you know what? Instead of those people in our lives that we love so much, one day we don't want them to say in torment, I wish I had. We want them to be able to say, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. And really what's in between them and that might just be one of these invite cards. See, you can't catch fish without bait on the hook. So we've thrown 30,000 pieces of candy out there, 10,000 eggs to throw some hooks in the water, and we've spent pretty close to uh, a lot of money on this Easter thing, about $25,000. We have pastors on the staff. They don't take a penny from this church. They work just like you do, and then they work another job, the church, and they sacrifice to say, you know what, we believe in this so much that one day, yeah, one day we'll be full-time, but you know what, right now, his love His love is relentless. We got to get the message out. We have a selfless team. And I applaud you guys. And I love y'all. And I'm so thankful for you. You you understand that's not the norm, right? You understand that's a miracle in and of itself? And so I say all that. Hopefully, we'll feel the weight today that these don't need to stay in our pockets. They don't need to stay in our car, in our dashboard, curling. They need to be in people's hands that need them. Because this week is all about Jesus, the death on the cross. But next week is the biggest news there's ever been. Nothing bigger than the resurrection. Get your friends here next week. Would you do that? I'm so excited. My friend Marcus Lattimore is going to be in town. Um, He's going to be sharing a little bit of his story. I'm so excited. Now, listen, we have, we've, we've, We've worked way ahead of time, man. We are weeks and weeks and weeks out, months out, talking about Easter and planning and getting ready for Easter, and we jumped on it, and I'm so proud. I am so proud of our staff, all the hard work that they've done. We, we have a 15,000-piece mailer getting ready to hit early this next week. Gulf Breeze is going to be smitten with um, some uh, mailers in their, in their mailbox all over the place. We got billboards up, Gulf Breeze newspaper. Splash Magazine, Radio Spot, CBS called this week and said, hey, we were with Marcus uh, like two day, or for two days, and they actually went to church with him. That was kind of cool. But um, they said, hey, we heard what you're doing, and we want to come to Gulf Breeze, and, and we want to be there and film and take pictures. Is that okay? Uh, let me pray about it. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. That one will work. Who is this God, Robert? Who is this God? Who is this God? So you know what? Next week's going to be huge, not just in Gulf Breeze, but we are going to lift the cross up. And Jesus said, if I'm lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. And so I need your help. I'm here to challenge you today, and the message myself is not going to be that, that um, lengthy. 
but I want some action to come out of today. And so I, I don't, just so we're clear, I don't want anyone leaving like, I want to share what that was about. I'm not sure what he wants me to do. You know, the worst thing a preacher hears, that was a great message. You know, what, what, what was it about? I don't know, man, but he's, he's something. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, what would be powerful today and very impactful today is if you left here and you took me up on three challenges. You ready? Because I believe in you. I believe, I believe that you guys are climbers. I believe that you guys aren't satisfied with the status quo. I believe that you guys aren't, you aren't just okay with mediocrity. I believe you guys are phenomenal. I believe you're the best of the best. I believe you're the cream. I believe you're on the top. And I believe that you have audacious faith. And you, like me, are believing God for something magnificent, something mind-blowing, something audacious, something numbing, something that will wreck us for good for a long time next Sunday. And the Bible says that some things only come by prayer and fasting. So I'm going to challenge you today to do three things. Number one, I want to challenge you, those cards, I want to challenge you to take those cards. In your notes, you got a little thing there for the Fab Five. Would you look at that? We're just kind of staying in the spirit of March Madness, if you please. And uh, Fab Five, what is that? Who is that? Fab Five. Those are five people in your life. Maybe your neighbor, maybe a relative, your brother, your mother, your sister. And maybe someone you work with, maybe an employee, maybe an employer, maybe your favorite person because they work at Starbucks and they're what keep you going first thing in the morning. Maybe that person at Walmart or Target, wherever you like to shop, or Publix, give a shout out. But whoever it is, I want you, we're talking about those five closest people to you in your sphere of influence that are not saved. That is, Jesus Christ is not their savior. They may believe in him, but they have never waved the white flag and surrendered their life to him and said, I confess, I need you. I'm a sinner. I am broken. I am dead. You are life. You are holy. You are savior. Me and you, great combination. Let's do this. That's the kind of people I'm talking about. Those five kind of people, whoever they are, wherever they are, that you will write them out right now. Take a pen out. You got them right there. Write it out on that sheet. Five, five, the fab five. We'll get it right. Third time's a charm. Fab five. You right now say, you know what? Right now, we'll give you time right here in this message. Maybe you're not sure. Maybe you don't have five. And if you don't have five, time to follow Jesus. He's a friend of sinners. He had a lot more than five. Jesus didn't isolate himself. He hung out with sinners and they loved him. It's the church that screwed it up. I just, there's a hot point right there. Anyone want to say amen? amen? Amen. Let's get back to Jesus. You with me? They don't need the church. Do they need to come? It's the church God's plan, absolutely. But you know, their greatest need is Jesus. Is Jesus. Let's give them Jesus this Easter. Who is your fab five? Who are they? Write them down and give them an invite card.
Let's pray. We're going to get into the message. Father God, I love you. And I need you. My friend Robert told me, I just confess that I'm a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody. We want to lift you up today, Lord. You're worthy. You're worthy of our time and attention. You're worthy of more than 60 minutes on Sunday. You're worthy to be followed. You're worthy to be praised. What you did on the cross, I never get over that. And and I don't understand it. Never been loved like this. You know me better than I know myself. Your word says that even the hairs on my head are numbered. All my moments were designed by you. You've grabbed my right hand. And you lead me. You're my good shepherd. And now I pray that you would do a work, Holy Spirit. You live within us. We're your temple. You dwell in us and among us and with us. You're for us, not against us. You love us. You surrendered all on that cross. All to you we owe. We just want to confess to you here and now that we remember what you did. We remember your death. Most importantly, we remembered why you came, which was why you died. And that was for Resurrection Sunday so that you would defeat death, hell, the grave, Satan, and all of sin for all of humanity. You who never sinned became my sin, so I might become your righteousness. Thank you. And we worship you today in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to preach the shortest message myself I'll probably ever preach at Momentum Church. If you have your Bibles, your phones, your iPads, I want you to turn. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 20. We're gonna, I'm going to pick up in verse 17, and I'm going to read three verses. Reading from the message, Jesus now, well on the way up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where he was headed, but this trip, this trip was to go to face his greatest fear. This trip was different from every other trip he had made on earth. For this trip was specifically to die. 
very quickly, very soon, wouldn't be long. He has final moments with his disciples. And Jesus gives them an itinerary of what's about to happen. What blows my mind is that most of these disciples that followed him for three years did not believe that he truly was the savior of the world, even though they experienced miracle after miracle after miracle. In fact, the one he trusted to handle the finances decided, determined, and desired to betray him. I think that gives us hope that he loved them. He, he knew being God. He knew that, that some of them didn't even believe that he really was the Messiah. Even on the cross, I think his prayer was for some of his disciples, some of his brothers and sisters, that's what the Bible says, that did not believe like James, the book that we're going through. The half-brother of Jesus did not believe in Jesus, that he, they believed his name was Jesus, did not believe he was the Messiah, the anointed one. I think his desire on that cross, just like his desire for you and me, his desire was to reach him. And so may I encourage you one more time that the very people in your life that they have told you, don't ever talk to me about God. Don't ever talk to me about religion. Don't ever invite me to your church. We're cool, we're friends. We do the sport thing, you know, whatever. But don't ever bring up God. You know, I don't go there, okay? We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about religion, okay? I'm, I'm not. Jesus had people like that in his own life. Some of them even followed him. Some of them not only witnessed the miracles, they were part of the miracles. And he still loved them. And he didn't give up on them. And now he's headed to Jerusalem. This is the trip of all trips. I wonder what your Jerusalem is today. I wonder what your greatest fear is in your life. I think his greatest fear was that he who never sinned would become sin which meant that his father would turn his back on his son. And he had, he had never, never dropped a call from his dad. He'd always been in fellowship with his father. But it's time to go to Jerusalem. What's your Jerusalem today? He takes the 12 off to the side of the road and he says, listen to me carefully. We are on our way up to Jerusalem. When we get there, the Son of Man will be betrayed. Think about this. Judas is with him. He'll be betrayed to the religious leaders and scholars. They will sentence him to death. He tells them ahead of time exactly what's getting ready to happen. They will then hand him over to the Romans for mockery and torture and crucifixion. The itinerary. But I'm so thankful that he didn't stop there. And I'm so thankful that as he probably was a little uneasy about going to Jerusalem, that he was extremely comfortable with the next sentence. For the next sentence he tells him, on the third day, he will be raised up alive. 
And yet the disciples still didn't get it. Today I want to challenge you guys to remember the cross. May this Easter be more than Easter eggs and rabbits and bunnies and new outfits, new shoes, nice dresses. May this Easter, may we remember the cross. And may we remember that he who knew no sin became sin for me who all I've ever known was sin. Even on my good days, I screw up. You know, when I think about the cross, I could spend literally hours talking about this and I won't. But to me, there were so many worse parts, so many incredibly gruesome parts about the cross. But one of the worst parts to me about the cross was when I watched Mel Gibson's film, The Passion of the Christ. And I sat in that movie most of the time like this because I didn't want to see what was fake but looked so real that was not even close to the reality of the crucifixion. We're going to show a clip in just a few seconds or maybe maybe a minute or two. If you have little kids, I want to respect you as a parent. You might want to take them out. We're going to show the crucifixion scene. You have my permission. You're not going to distract us. If you want to take them out, we'll give a couple minutes before we look to the screens. But when I think about the cross, you know, this is a little cross here. It's perfect for in here because the ceiling's eight foot. But the cross was a big deal. It was heavy and it was hard. And Jesus had already been filleted. And they laid him there. And there on that cross, Jesus, he laid his life down for you and me. And these nails represent our nails. Because on that day, Jesus paid it all. And when that nail went into his hand, it did not hold him to that cross. Love held him to that cross. And if I can take it a step further, he held the nail to the cross because that nail was a representation because with that nail came a list. And we're familiar with lists because we have shopping lists and to-do lists and bucket lists. But there on that day, Every one of your list and my list of every one of our sins, our fears, our faults, our failures, our worst moments ever. The list was nailed to the cross that day. And he held on to that list and he held on to the nail. They did not nail him that day. He nailed himself. That day, because it was his divine plan, it was his divine will, so that that day our sins 
could be paid for. And the very sins that were right there near his hand were covered with his blood, covered with his hand, and the list that went on and on and on, they were drenched and covered and cleansed with his blood. No wonder they call him the Savior. Would you look to the screens? Let's watch a clip taken from the Passion of the Christ. It's powerful, huh? And as powerful as that is, what a great job they did. Cannot even come close to what really happened that day. And it happened for, happened for a reason. It happened for a purpose. Because the, the nails, I mean, these nails had a message. And the, the message of these nails where I forgive you. The message of these nails where I love you. I accept you. I paid it all. 